if I look up at my bookshelf next to where I'm sitting here speaking to you recording this show, there is several shelves of books devoted to the Twilight Zone. They were partially the thing that prompted me to start the podcast in the first place, but it was also the podcast that has made me become even more prolific in my collecting of Twilight Zone books. Every now and again, I will just punch into eBay or Amazon Twilight Zone book and see what comes up. And sometimes there will be something new. Sometimes it will be something that was released a few decades ago that someone's put on eBay and it's a hole in my collection. So more often than not, I will buy that book and add it to the library. Now, one such search a couple of weeks ago on eBay brought up a book called Twilight Zone Curse of the Stars Resigned to Death by Wayne Roland Melton. Now I'll just read out uh, the the back cover, the, the thing that's there to entice you into buying this book. And it says, finally revealed here for the first time in this initial volume of a multi-part book set, the world learns riveting and shocking details that virtually every star from the iconic Twilight Zone TV series has been cursed, both the living and the dead. A former editor on loan to USA Today, investigative journalist, author and publisher, Wayne Roland Melton spent seven years of exhaustive research to uncover the truth. Why did virtually all Twilight Zone actors suffer miserable fates even well after the classic television series ended its five-year, 156-episode run from 1959 to 1964? Why did many of them become murderers, commit suicides, succumb to inexplicable drug overdoses, die in tragic accidents, and even succumb to inexplicable mental illness? Needless to say, the never-before-told revelations found herein have halted any plans for possible future Twilight Zone movies or TV programs. Virtually all A-list actors refuse to enter such projects. Who could blame them? Why risk suffering fate similar? to what many doomed stars have already endured. So that's the back cover. That's the thing to sell you the book, you know, and obviously it needs to grab you. And this will be sensationalized sometimes. People will put things on there that will try and grab your attention, maybe exaggerate things. So I understand that. But let's break this down, you know. It says, why did virtually all Twilight Zone actors suffer miserable fates? Well, you know, we've uh, we've been together on this podcast now for 60-odd episodes, and we have come across some tragic people. You know, Inga Stevens, unfortunately, died very young. Dick York died destitute. It happens, unfortunately. But is this a Twilight Zone phenomenon? Well, let's, let's break it down. Let's say in its 156-episode run, there is a lead character in each episode, a protagonist. And let's say that there are two supporting actors that go along with them. Now it's probably going to be more, but we will just say this for the for, for argument's sake. So that brings us to 468 actors that uh, were in the Twilight Zone. Like I say, in reality, it's going to be more. So did all of those 468 actors suffer miserable fates? I don't think so. We've uh, we've just talked about 
Eye of the Beholder, where, you know, all of the actors live to a ripe old age. I've just released one about the lateness of the hour, and those actors live to a, a ripe old age. I think to say that virtually all actors connected to the Twilight Zone suffered miserable fates is not just stretching things, it's, it's just an outright untruth. Now, anyone who listens to this show will know that I often say that an actor is a, a typical actor of their time. They jump from show to show, so they would end up in like, you know, 12 or more shows in a year because that's just the way things work. It's not like today where a star will get onto a hit show and stay on that show throughout and mainly do that thing. They would be very prolific. So a Twilight Zone actor is more often than not a Playhouse 90 actor and Alfred Hitchcock presents actor, all of these anthologies. So to say, you know, you could look at any number of people in any circumstance and pluck out the tragedies and pluck out uh, strange things. So again, I don't I don't really see that this is a Twilight Zone thing. It's a it's an actors of the day thing. So we'll put that to one side and say, well, granted, it's not a Twilight Zone thing. It's an actors of the time. And uh, maybe it could be an interesting look at the mysterious deaths of those people. There's been exposés done on people in the past. It's a, quite a common thing. So that's fine. Now, the other claim on the back here is that it's uh, the revelations found in this book have halted any production of a new Twilight Zone because nobody wants to be cursed like the original Twilight Zone actors were. So putting aside the 80s revival, the 2000s revival, Twilight Zone the movie, Rod Serling's Lost Classics, the Twilight Zone audio plays, yeah, okay, so there hasn't been any new Twilight Zone. There is still active development going on on a new Twilight Zone, and I don't think that any revelations about you know, past star deaths has, has any bearing on that. You know, it, again, it's just a blatant untruth. So that's the back of the, the cover. You know, we'll put that to bed. It is what it is. What about the book itself? What are we getting into here? It is a look at those actors who died in tragic circumstances. And it is actual cases where people have uh, either committed suicide or been murdered or died in a tragic accident, that sort of thing. I'll give you an example. Uh, Telly Savalas, we know that he lived in a hotel for the last 20 years of his life and he died of cancer, so that's on record. Uh, there's also Jenny Maxwell and she played the babysitter in the show Long Distance Call. Uh, she was tragically murdered in what was thought to be a botched robbery attempt and she was also in an Elvis Presley movie at one point, so... There's those two. There is also the actor Albert Sami, and he, unfortunately, he was in execution. He played Joe Caswell, and unfortunately, he murdered his wife and then killed himself. So, these are all true stories. These are all actual uh, fates of Twilight Zone actors. So, you know, telling those stories could be quite interesting, but what Wayne Roland Melton has done is he has fictionalized these stories into Twilight Zone-esque stories. Now, there's no disclaimer on here in this book that says these are fictions, but once you read the book, you realise that that can be the only explanation because there is nothing in here that is even remotely true beyond the, the actual deaths of these people. 
I'll give you some examples. Now, I don't want to ruin the book. Obviously, it's a, you know, someone's selling this book. And if you want to buy it and read it, that's up to you. But let's take, for example, Telly Savalas. You know, uh, this book tells the story of Telly Savalas' death. And through Frank Sinatra, uh, after his death, inheriting a package from Telly Savalas. And in this package is a gift in the shape of the Talkie Tina doll from Telly Savalas' episode uh, that he was in with the Talkie Tina doll. So Sinatra gets this gift, this Talkie Tina doll, and then it tells about the, t- the story of Telly Savalas. And actually, he didn't actually exhibit any um, symptoms of cancer, but people around him uh, told stories of him sort of wailing in the night at saying things about this damn doll you know that sort of thing so so it, it's sort of insinuating that he didn't die of cancer he actually died through being terrorized by talkie tina so i've ruined that one for you and i'm sorry about that there's also a story about like i said jenny maxwell who's in the the show long distance call and she died tragically with her husband. They were both gone down. There's an account here of the police who attended and so on, and some children who were present. And the dialogue in this story is just absolutely awful. There's a, a police report here, apparently, where the police have spoken to a child who was present at the um, the shooting. I'll just read out some of this dialogue. One of the kids is supposed to have said, All of us kids, we all loved and adored Miss Maxwell. We all called her Jenny, just like she was one of us. Although we all knew she was actually a certified Hollywood movie star, although not necessarily famous. Okay, because that's how kids talk. We all liked playing word games and telling stories with Jenny, because she was so nice and kind to everyone. To us, she was like a child, always one of our favourite playmates. It was as if she could always relate to us. She always had lots of toys and stories to tell. I've known her for about four years, since I was just five years old, and she's always been the same way. Some people might have thought she was just teasing or fantasizing, perhaps, but she always spoke of her sincere desire to live in another world. Jenny always spoke of her wish that she could die so that she could go up to heaven to be with her good friend Elvis Presley. Did you know that they'd been in a movie together. Okay. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, because obviously this is someone's book, you know. You, you can't just read someone's whole book out, but just bits of this dialogue. You know, she tells about Elvis Presley talking to Jenny on this toy phone, and the kids said, Yeah, like I say, Jenny would often let each of us kids talk to Elvis on the phone. The singer, I've always liked and admired him. He frequently spoke of the Lord and the chapel, and the Bible, and the need for righteousness, and his sincere thanks to God for forgiving him his personal drug abuse while here on earth. Right, this is a nine-year-old kid saying this. This always happened. Each of us kids could hear Elvis loud and clear, just like Jenny did. So, we're not so much talking the Twilight Zone here, we're talking National Enquirer, you know. This is... uh, it's actually making me quite angry to read it, to be honest. Um, so even if we accept that this is 
fictionalized accounts of these people's lives, then that's a, a valid form of entertainment as well. You know, speaking of Elvis, the, the movie Bubba Hotep is about an elderly Elvis who battles a mummy. So what, you know, what makes it okay to do that and not do this? That's fair enough. That's up for debate. I get the feeling, though, that, you know, Elvis Presley would have probably got a kick out of that one, whereas this book, I just feel, is in bad taste. It tells the story of Albert Sarmi. Now, the author misspells it as Albert Selmy. It's spelled S-A-L-M-I, but he spells it S-E-L-M-I. I don't know whether that's a de- deliberate mistake or not, but basically in 1990, Albert Sarmi um, murdered his wife and then killed himself. Now, Albert Sarmi had at least one daughter. I think he might have had more. And uh, she's probably, and I would hope, still alive today, you know? And in this book, Case of the Stars... It tells a story of Albert Sarmi uh, appearing as an apparition to the cop who's called to his address to find, you know, this, this grisly scene of him and his wife. So this cop is driving there and um, he's got this apparition of Albert Sarmi speaking to him, or Selmi as he says. He's driving there on, a you know, an emergency run and this apparition's talking to him again in this really awful dialogue. And it says, you know, I'll read a bit of it out. He says, anyway, before we get to my house and we find my wife's dead body there, I want you to know that I'm really not that bad of a guy. Although I'm now at this very moment in the process of murdering her. Anyway, among those three episodes, my favourite was called Execution. That's the one where I'm a murderer back in the Old West in 1880. And they, they being the other characters in the episode, they hang me for being a murderer. At the very moment that I fall towards my death, I awaken in the year 1959 because some idiot scientist in the middle of the 20th century invented a blasted time machine. And so, I'm still a bad man, evil to the core. Hey, I'm actually not a bad man, but I was a good actor, so real, in fact, that in the viewers' minds I actually seem to become the characters that I portrayed. Anyway, my character, his name is Joe Caswell, he gets into an argument with the professor scientist who gets angry upon finding that I, actually Joe Caswell, had killed 20 men back in 1880. Naturally, because doing so is my nature, I knock the professor unconscious using a desk lamp. Momentarily, I rush out into the big 1950s city, clogged with cars and people everywhere, enough to drive me bonkers. A guy used to the wide open wild west, the free and untamed open spaces, with trees and whatnot. You know, it's uh, it's some of the worst dialogue I've ever read, and that's the truth, you know. I think it's actually a self-published book. You know, you can go to that site where Amazon will print your book for you. It's obvious, quite obvious, that, uh, you know, I, I don't think much of this book at all. Even if you accept that it's a fiction and you're supposed to be entertained by these stories, the dialogue is just so bad the twists and the turns are just ridiculous they're not twilight zone-esque they're like i said they're national enquirer-esque just really bad stories i can't really say more than that how there's three volumes of this stuff i will never know i i guess it must be selling to somebody but uh i really i really can't recommend it i really can't you know, not not only is it badly done, it just seems to be in such poor taste. And like I said, you know, 
what makes it okay to do Bubba Hotep or, you know, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? I don't know. I don't know where that line is. You know, these people, Albert Sami, it was only 1919. That's only 20 odd years ago. So he will have living relatives who were, who were very badly affected by that incident. And then to, you know, tell that story, fair enough, but to put this ridiculous twist on it, uh, it just beggars belief to me. I really, really can't recommend it at all. So now I did try and get in touch with Wayne Roland Melton via Facebook to come on the show and talk about it. I wanted to speak to him about it first and let him have his say and not just pan the book out of hand, but I never got a response. So here it is. Here's a review. I don't think it would have made any difference whether I'd spoken to him or not, but I certainly wanted to give him his chance to have his say. Uh, but unfortunately, that hasn't happened. But, you know, the door's always open. So anyway, that's Twilight Zone Curse of the Stars. Hopefully next time I bring you one of these, these reviews, it'll be something a bit better than that. And I will speak to you next time.